This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. Hello, I'm Emma Jane Purcell and welcome back to Fail Harder, the podcast that chats to people at the top of their game about failure, from their first memory of failure to how they cope with it now. Joining me on the podcast today, I have the actor being tipped for superstardom, Aggie O'Casey. I had like the worst third year ever. I'd like loved first and second year and then third year I just lost all my confidence and mm. was exhausted and you know in third year you're sort of taught like you know you, you have to be like this is your year you know you're gonna you you have to really put yourself out there and this is the culmination of everything work been working for and it just was not working out for me mm. and I knew showcase was coming up and I knew I was tired and that I didn't believe in myself and I was like oh god I don't know and then lockdown happened and I was like I actually don't think I could have dealt with it. I really don't. After recently graduating from the Lear, Aggie has already made her TV debut in the BBC drama Ridley Road, where she plays the leading role of Vivian. She has also worked with Druid, playing the role of Nina in The Seagull, directed by Gary Hines, and is currently filming the lead role of Maud in feature film Uncle Silas. But Aggie is not here to talk about success. She's here to talk about failure. Maggie, welcome to Fail Harder. Hello, thanks for having me. Is this, correct me if I'm wrong, but is this your first podcast interview? It is, yeah. Woohoo! <laughs> Yay! And I've always wanted to do one as well. I was like, oh God, because I hate being interviewed for public, like magazines or mm. stuff. It's a very bizarre experience. Yeah. You all these things and then suddenly they're printed not in your words. And, you know, I, so yeah, I think... Yeah, yeah. Well, this will be totally in your words. Don't worry. Yeah. This is all you, all you and your failures. <laughs> <laughs> Dive straight into the podcast deep end. <laughs> no, that's how I like it. <laughs> good, good. Yeah, because congrats on um, Ridley Road because that's just been huge. I watched it and I have to say, like, I absolutely loved it. I really didn't know anything going into it. And then there was like all this history about fascism in London that I honestly like excuse my ignorance but I had no idea about it was just so like informative and then it's just so entertaining it's brilliant so yeah huge congrats on it thank you I had no idea either when I was auditioning I had to do so much research because mm. it's just not about and I yeah. think that's why it's, it's, it's just so bad that it hasn't been talked about and I think why it was kind of shocking to see and stuff I made loads of mistakes when I was talking to the director about the history of it. And I was like, well, I won't be getting that then. <laughs> and then luckily, she obviously didn't care. <laughs> yeah, like how was that experience for you getting, I mean, you're obviously only out of drama school like a short while and getting a lead in such a huge show on BBC, you know, was that kind of like a bit of a surreal experience? Were you scared going into it? real totally surreal it was my first big audition I think because I was still at the Lear and I auditioned for like a really small budget feature that just happened to be the same director as Ridley Road and that's how I was found for it so it was just mm. all very good luck timing yes but yeah and also because it was lockdown when I got the part I just I didn't believe it for ages and I was actually really stressed nope I wasn't like yay at any point I was just like I need to be on set to be able to believe that this is actually going to happen. Mm. Had you had you signed a contract at that stage or was it still kind of, oh, you have it. Oh, yeah, no, no that's a horrible feeling. You know, because I've been like, you know, looking up places. I was like, OK, where could where might be hiring in Dublin, like for waitressing jobs and stuff. And, mm-hmm. and so like that was the world I, I was like going into living, not a drama school and I, I just had a totally different idea of what was going to be happening. So I was like, yes, I'm going to need this in writing and I really want to sign something. Just so yeah. I know, you know, <laughs> just get me there now. <laughs> well, let me tell you a little bit about the form. I know you've listened to the podcast before. Well, I think you have. <laughs> um, so I have 20 questions in front of me, numbered at random. Most are straightforward. However, some are a little bit unconventional and in the spirit of failure and trying to assert control over what life throws at us, you can pick the numbers. 
Perfect. So what number would you like first? Let's go four. Number four. What is your earliest memory of failure? So this is tricky because I feel like so when I was like looking back, I feel like so much of my young memories are about failure just because I was such a perfectionist Ooh. but I wasn't very good at things <laughs> you know but I really yeah, okay. that part of me like I was learning piano and my dad's musician so he really wanted me to be really good at it and I was asked to go and audition for like the this Saturday school and I just could not bring myself to audition because the idea of failing would be so bad so I I just never auditioned <laughs> And I remember my dad being really like, oh, please just do it. But the idea of doing it and not getting it. Wow. That I just never went. How I just old were you? Well, I was probably about nine. <laughs> so to be honest, I was tiny. Yeah. <laughs> and was it just scared of like, were you scared that you might get in trouble or that you disappoint people? Like, where did it come from? Or just yourself? That is also my biggest thing. You know, I always feel like so many of us just have like one main fear, being in trouble, huge fear of mine. I just, <laughs> just always feel like people call me and I'm like, what have I, oh my God, what have I done? Yeah. And they're like, I'm coming home in five minutes. I'm like, oh yeah, fine. <laughs> but I think my fear in that regard was just that I wouldn't get in or that I'd be too nervous. Like just the idea of performing was, was so terrifying at that point. And, and now I think you went into acting. Strange. <laughs> <laughs> but I also think like with music, because I tried to be a painter, I was like, maybe I'll be a painter. Any sort of art thing that's like outside of yourself, like music or painting that you have control over, that's too much for me. I like can't deal with the power of that. Whereas I do think acting's different because it's just <laughs> as soon as you've done it, it's done. Do you know what I mean? If that makes sense. I was yeah. never going to be a musician. <laughs> yeah, so like what, where did the acting come from then? Because obviously, you know, it's, it's, you do have to get up and perform and then you might not get the role. So, you know, where did that kind of fear of, you know, not wanting to audition for music school, how did you get out of that into what you're doing now? I think with acting it was just always a bit different because I always went to the theatre with my grandma from when I was like about five and so I always knew I wanted to be an actor Mm -hmm. and I did just have this sort of like drive like I haven't had with other things where I just sort of was like no I'm gonna have to push through these things because I really want to do that Mm -hmm. Um, and so I, I just did like the painting and the music was kind of like putting it off Again, like, because I was probably worried or thought I wasn't ready or all of that sort of stuff. But I did always know I was going to do the acting thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I just always have had a slightly different attitude to acting than I have to anything else. Like, when everyone's like, oh, you know, why why have we become actors? Like, I could have been something else. I really think I'd be rubbish at anything else. I really Really? have to do other things. There's nothing else I'm good. Like, I just can't do anything else. Like academia well I kind of can do some things but just not very well not very so well I don't think when, well, when, when it's, it worked like, out well that you're good but you're probably a bit sick of talking about this but your granddad is it your granddad or your great grand your granddad it's obviously yeah. Sean O'Casey the Sean O'Casey and is, was that like a big influence for you as well yeah 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 well that was the place that I was taken to my grandma would take me to go to those plays um and just whenever you know they were on we'd come over to the abbey and watch them like I was her little body which is great I don't know she didn't need to do that but it meant like it was amazing for me so it was those plays that made me you know want to act I guess I remember watching Shadow and um being like watching the actress play Minnie. I'd love to look up who she was because I was seven, I have no idea. And I remember being like, oh my God, I want to do that so badly, you know? So I feel like also just in terms of, it's nice to be able to hear the words of, you know, a descendant, you know, like so few people, 
like I think everyone should be it's such a shame that not everyone gets that yeah like someone who I could have never met I can hear what he thinks about life and about people and you know what he like you know I think yeah that's a relationship with someone who's not around anymore yeah it's incredible like I mean those plays are amazing were, were you one of those kids then that was always brought to the theatre just like yeah I was the same I used to my, my mother's really into theatre and you remember we'd go up to Dublin and we'd be like going to see Macbeth and I'd be like I just want to go to the cinema <laughs> <laughs> Macbeth is so long <laughs> yeah I remember that one so specifically because it was on in the Abbey and it was like the matinee or whatever. And I was like, I actually did love it. It was really good in the end. It was an amazing production. Um, but I remember being like, I just want to go to the cinema. Why do you go to a play? <laughs> oh, please. But then at, one, at some point were you like, oh, actually, this is great. Yeah, absolutely. Now I look back and I'm like, wow, like how privileged was I that like I was brought to see, you know, these plays in the Abbey and stuff. It was obviously yeah. amazing so did you spend a lot of time back and forth between Ireland before you ever moved there for training then mm-hmm. yeah yeah I would go quite a lot probably well uh, probably like once a year once or twice a year um and that's when I heard about the Lear I was like oh yeah that's that should be where I go really was that your first choice then before doing any of the schools in London and everything well it kind of was like for, for yeah for sentimental reasons I guess I was like I feel like I should go to Dublin to do it because those plays are the reason I want you know it just felt right I can get a bit like that sometimes yes yeah (laughs) and again and again I'm looking at worked out as well and that you got in because you know when you're like that happens to me sometimes I'm like this is the right thing and then it doesn't happen I'm like oh I do that so often I'm like it just feels right like I saw a poster with that actor on it and he's going to be in it so I just feel like it's right and then you don't get it and you're like yeah (laughs) I know I actually had recently had like a six month interview process for like a job let's in like radio broadcast and it just went on for ages it was really really good and I was like I'm this is gonna work out like I know that this is the one I just feel it and then I didn't get it it's that I just feel it I just feel it and then and then you don't get it and you're like well, now I can't trust myself as well as I don't have a job. I know. <laughs> I get really kind of confused with the whole, you know, you know, the new age thing where people are like, you have to manifest it. You know, you have to believe it. And I try. But then I'm like, I don't know if that's like the best option, because if you get so convinced that it's going to happen and then it doesn't. Yeah. It's way worse if it doesn't happen. And you're like, this manifesting shit. It's just. Yeah. I don't subscribe to that at all anymore. Do you I not? Definitely- I was younger no and I feel like it's a very actory thing to do mm-hmm. it like, just believe it believe it but I was thinking like when I was trying to manifest I was actually just sitting there worrying about things or thinking that I actually wasn't going to get it so I was like it's probably best I just don't <laughs> maybe we weren't doing it right though <laughs> <laughs> I'll be pragmatic instead I think that seems to be better yeah. <laughs> yeah. shall we move on to the next number what would you like oh, yeah. um let's go number 15 number 15 okay all right in the UK who sorry this is one of the like random ones in the UK who is the best-selling music artist of 2021 so far Ed Sheeran Mm -mm. um think like they've actually been huge it's really obvious when you think about it because they're they've just been especially in the summer I feel everyone was sharing that person's album Olivia Rodrigo yes yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. See, she was everywhere I actually really like that album it was kind of one of those things where you know people were like Olivia Rodrigo and you're like oh this is just you know one of these it's gonna be like bubblegum pop and I was like this album is amazing it's one of the only albums I've got saved in my so every time I'm on the tube I just listen to it because I can't get wiped <laughs> I just love it and I actually can just listen to it and listen to it there's every emotion you need in there like yeah favorite crime is first my personal favorite like that's just so heartfelt she's just brilliant it came out while we were filming Ridley Road and I was like tired and emotional so I I really remember 
listening to driver's license classic because that was yeah. <laughs> like crying and like not relating to any of the lyrics but just being like oh <laughs> <Really>. <laughs> <laughs> like cathartic even though I didn't need it I think she's only like 20 or something as well and she's just massive I know but it's crazy really now that you're like pop stars are getting younger you know what I mean you're like I find that I'm like older now than a load of the pop stars and I'm like oh my god they were always way more grown up than me and now I'm, I'm older than them no, I can't I, I find that very strange because yeah I still kind of feel like I'm 19 and I'm like yeah yeah I'm coming to terms with yeah being how, how old are you do you mind me asking are we the same age I'm <laughs> about to turn 26 oh you're younger than me I'm 20 oh I know you didn't miss that I missed during this conversation <laughs> I'm sorry since I turned 28 I definitely feel like the sort of 27 all those years I was like oh age doesn't matter and now that I'm 28 I'm like oh my god I have to get all these things done before I'm 30 I'm getting that kind of like panic try, try and shove that out I've had that for, since I turned 20 I like hate really yeah, so stupid. Now I look back on it, but I was like, oh my God, I'm 20 and I'm not at drama school. And I, do you know, yeah, I had yeah, yeah. <laughs> the panic. Yeah, but I, it'll, it'll be grand. It'll all be fine. It'll all work out. But still, you know, sometimes you're like, oh my God, I haven't been to Bali. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. I still haven't seen it. I'm running yeah, out of time. Yeah, I know. But we're totally not. We are we're literally. Grand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Totally. Okay, next number. <laughs> okay, uh, 10. Number 10. <clears throat> okay. Have you any past failure that you look back on now and say, thank fuck that didn't work out? Ooh, that's such a good question. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I love that question. Um, yeah, I guess I with the Lear, like it's, uh, it's so, I'm so glad I went there. And there was a year where I didn't know it existed and I didn't get in to the London ones. And it really broke my heart at the time. Mm-hmm. But if I had gotten in there, I would never have gone to the Lear. And then I think I never would have got Ridley Road. Like yeah. it just sort of, everything was so circumstantial. You came out of the Lear at like the worst time ever as well how was that you you were the lockdown year you know what I mean you just didn't get all of the stuff you're supposed to get which I can imagine was awful but it was in a way but then at the same time I had like the worst third year ever I'd like loved first and second year and then third year I just lost all my confidence and Mm. was exhausted and you know, in third year, you're sort of taught like, you know, you, you have to be like, this is your year, you know, you're gonna, you, you have to really put yourself out there. And this is the culmination of everything you've been working for. And it just was not working out for me. Mm. And I knew showcase was coming up. And I knew I was tired and that I didn't believe in myself. And I was like, Oh, God, I don't know. And then lockdown happened. And I was like, I actually don't think I could have dealt with it. I really don't. Really? Wow. Yeah, I did not expect I, that. Yeah, I was so <laughs> relieved. Like pre-pandemic was way worse for me. I was like, you know, I, I was like daydreaming about getting back on a plane to the UK. I was like, if I just got on a plane, what would happen? Like, what would Lachlan Deegan, who's the head of the lake, what would he do? Mm. <laughs> Could he bring me back? Yeah. Also, what would I be safe? I was, was like, it just, I just... The, was it just that, that the, the pressure of you now need to be amazing? You have to, you know, go off and get an agent. Was it just that pressure and you, you just, yeah. Totally. And yeah, I wasn't getting any agent interest and everyone was around me, you know, that classic thing. Mm. And I got a lead part in the first show, which I probably wasn't ready for. Yeah. And it didn't really go too well. Um, and so I kind of felt like I'd missed my chance. You know, there was all of these things going on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It worked out in the end of it, which is great. But I think it, I was like, my life was put on pause at a time I really needed it to be put on pause. As yeah. selfish as it sounds, but. Did but you, was, did you stay in Ireland for that time then? Or I tried to get trapped here. I was <laughs> in my, 
<laughs> I was in my um partner's place in Donegal and I was like oh no the like, airports are getting closed down like guess we better bunker in and then um <laughs> Boris Johnson did that announcement like an announcement being like okay we're going into lockdown too and my parents called me and they were like you have to come home and I was like oh sorry can't I'm stuck <laughs> and, and my dad was like I found you a flight from Derry oh no oh please <laughs> So I was back in Devon. <laughs> I felt like I'd been airlifted out there. Maybe like, you're better off though, because lockdown with boyfriend could be intense. Yeah. Or maybe yeah. I mean gray. No, I mean could... nothing on mine. I just locked out with my boyfriend. Did you? Yeah. <laughs> it was fine for the most part. <laughs> well, he actually had, so I lost all work. Um during the first bit of the lockdown but he was working so I think that was actually good because you know there was like a chunk of the day then where you know he'd have to go to work go up to the room (laughs) and work (laughs) and then I'd be doing whatever I was doing and then you know you come back at the end of the day it was kind of normal and you'd like have dinner or whatever watch those and other TV (laughs) what we struggled yeah yeah exactly the structure helps the structure helps is your partner an actor as well yes yeah yeah and so uh, we would have had no structure whatsoever (laughs) but um I did like going home and I got into pickling (laughs) I was like that was my lockdown well kind of like fermenting things because it's great because they like tend to them every day and they develop so it's like you know I think that was the perfect lockdown thing yeah did you keep up the pickling have you kept it up have I no absolutely not (laughs) (laughs) I wish I did I'm not that wholesome when I'm in London that's my Devon mental that's my yeah I totally get what you totally get you yeah I'm like gone out the window you try and you're just like ah just can't do it it's good for a bit when I can put all my energy into being like domestic then I can do it but Mm. it just rarely happens and when did you get your kind of mojo back like your confidence back then after obviously you've been going through that and then lockdown and then you're like probably you know you're not acting for that time like when did you come out of that or maybe you're not out of that I don't know so I think it came back even before I got signed which you think is good I was just really happy at home and like having a lovely time with my parents and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I was like, it had been so bad that then with like the simplicity of like, okay, acting's not working, but you know what? This life is nice. I was like, I could live in Devon. So glad I'm not there now, but you know, I was like, I could live here and I'd be fine. And I'd be okay. Like, I feel Mm. like I just grounded over time. Yeah. okay this will be all right and then and then I got signed and I was like okay things are looking up um so it's sort of yeah clinging to that sort of thing really helps me like I'm just very feel very lucky to have a nice family and mm-hmm. nice mates I'm like okay well that will always be there do you know yeah and I think yeah and when then did Ridley Road like come along was that you know was that mid lockdown where you started um auditioning for that Yes, that was mid-lockdown. And then we filmed in lockdown. Like, we never came out of lockdown. It was all a lockdown experience for me. So it was all over Zoom, which I think was good because I didn't have to go to, like, the BBC buildings or, like, Spotlight yes. or, you know, I could just open my laptop. Mm. Do you know what was really nice as well? I love when shows take a risk on a leading character because obviously you've come out of drama school but you know we see so much where there's a, just a name a name a name even if the name doesn't quite fit and I always think like when when shows just take the leap it works out so well and this is like such a good example of that I know exactly like I know it's so painful isn't it watching someone who's not great and you're like my one of my closest friends would be so good at this yeah. and, you know it's so painful it happens all the time as well I, I hope that kind of feels like maybe since normal people people are a bit like oh maybe up and comers are exciting yes like, normal people was such a good example of that yeah. now <laughs> like those guys are like massive Paul yeah. has been on this podcast <laughs> like <laughs> like he is just huge now do you know what I mean and like you know he was relatively unknown before that and it just shows that it can work out so so well 
exactly and I think it's yeah it's great when because um I got Ridley because of a fame like a famous person with a name dropped out that was why it was like good timing oh. I think so many things about Ridley were were kind of right like it was just just lucky that they were like okay well we've lost this name we need someone we've seen loads of people I feel like I just caught them at a time where they were like a bit open to something do you know what <laughs> I mean they were like all right well we'll try We'll try her and I was like yes please do <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and how has the reception been how has it all been since it's been released well to be honest it sort of feels like a little bit anticlimactic I guess mm-hmm. just because like it felt like such a big part of our lives and yeah. I like love we love the show so we sorry I live with three two people from the show so I get I always think say we and I mean oh, you you guys live together oh lovely yeah <laughs> yeah so nice we just because we spent so much time together because it was locked down when we were filming and then we yeah yeah when does it end <laughs> <laughs> so yeah I, I mean like it felt like such a big deal and it was ours for so long and then it gets released and you're like oh it's over now do you know it's yeah sort of... yeah yeah I think that's always the way with things though isn't it and then like you can when you especially when it's like such a big experience and like you put so much work into it and you're like here it is and it's never really the same energy back yeah the energy can never compare you know no matter how you feel about things you're like oh (laughs) okay (laughs) like even though the response was amazing and everyone seemed to love it and like we were obviously like shouldn't be doing it but we were googling our, our names into twitter and stuff yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, i've seen everything that was said and they were all really good yeah know? yeah yeah well people watch things so differently though like even even me i will watch things usually on players and you know you kind of watch them a few weeks after they're out or a few months and it's kind of i think before it used to be you know it was on you know friday night whatever and everyone would be tuning in at the same time but i think nowadays especially now that we're out of lockdown that like, again, it's come back to like, you know, when it suits people to come around things. And I think we just view things in a different way than we used to. I know, which is kind of sad because I guess back in the day you would have been like, everyone would be watching the same thing so you can talk about stuff. I hate, you know, like so frequently you're like, who's seen like Succession season three? And someone's like, no, I haven't, no spoilers. And then it's like, (laughs) no I actually haven't I'm waiting for those episodes to build up because I just don't know I just don't want to watch them weekly because I just know I'm going to want to know what happens next can't cope actually yeah I'm that person being like sorry no spoilers (laughs) (laughs) like I don't know why they keep releasing all their stuff weekly I'm like come on just we want to binge watch it's not so bad (laughs) but I sit down hung over on like a Sunday watch like three episodes and just get into it you know exactly none of this cliffhanger stuff I can't cope with it my nose you know, <laughs> I've got nothing I want it's too much it's too much anyway shall we move on to the next number what would you like phoning it in is back hello my name is Dave Coffey and I'm the host of phoning it in the hilarious improvised phone-in show think Joe Duffy meets your favorite Irish comedians our first episode back is already out and features the young hot guys, Tony Cantwell, Shane Danburn and Killian Sunderman. This season we'll also have lots of bonus material available on Headstuff Plus, including new improv style games with all your favourite guests. Phoning It In is available every fortnight wherever you get your podcasts and on the Headstuff Podcast Network. Thanks for listening. Um, let's go number three. Number three. Okay. Has anyone you loved ever really failed you? Yeah, God, this is deep, isn't it? Totally, yeah. yeah. Also, this I mean, is like no. the deepest one. <laughs> I know. I feel bad asking it. It's like, <laughs> no, no. Because I was thinking about this. This was when I was like pondering. I was like, geez, how do you answer this without like saying something awful? But yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. And I was sort of thinking about this on the tube the other day because like I don't really smile at people anymore or like I'm not really friendly when I'm out and about and I was like I think that's just because of like little failures and little things being told you're unsafe and it's mm. so sad I used to like walk around being like smiling and chatting to people and then you're like one of the sad things about getting older is you're like oh actually yeah do you think all the stuff that's happened in London you know has like affected you yeah yeah 
big time yeah mm. I feel like so everyone I know is yeah same definitely like definitely I just think that like it's we're really aware of it it's horrible yeah it's horrible you know all the stuff with Sarah Everett and that was in Clapham and you you know it's obviously just so around where I'm living and you're like do you know what I mean it's just it's just so yeah it's just so hard to kind of take it in and then you're just way more on your guard I think like and even with your friends you're so kind of like okay let's have like a game plan like because we can't walk on your own yeah it's crazy and it's like you know it's nice to think that like you could be safe in your community or whatever like that's a nice experience but I just can't that's a huge diversion from the original question yeah sorry I'm so sorry um but I guess it's sort of like yeah I was just thinking about it like little failures that happen along your life like make you a bit more closed off which is sad because I I like to, you know it's important to just be open to things but I was like god yeah it just happens where mm. you just like okay yeah no 100% and is it something like with relationships as well do you think that like over the years you've got more of like a guard up with yeah yeah I've definitely have to had to unlearn a lot of stuff I um I'm frequently like sort of expect a situation to escalate and then with my new partner like obviously it just doesn't at all you know like Mm. I'd expect something terrible to happen and they'll be like oh that's fine (laughs) and I'm like yeah what is that that we kind of wait for the bad thing to happen yeah Yeah. I don't know is it just because it's like something's happened to you before actually the negativity bias I don't know if you've heard about that before oh no what's that <laughs> so uh, I learned it from Caroline Foran who was actually on the podcast as well she's like um written a book called oh, what's her book called uh, something to do with anxiety it's like the anxiety free handbook oh sorry I can't remember the name of it but anyways yeah. the book is really good and she talks about that we have this thing called the negativity bias and it's like something we had when we were like I'm probably now explaining it in a really really bad way so it's like when we were hunter gatherers and it was like all survival if something bad happened and we were in danger that our brains would develop like this thing where it wouldn't let us do it again so we'd have like a bad feeling about it and now we're not in that kind of you know hunter gatherer mode but we've like developed but now we have it like with small things like you know you might have a hundred good experiences with a person and one bad but you might just remember the bad and that's an activity bias. God, isn't that just so true? Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> so we like, can't help it. It's the way yeah. we're made. Well, we don't need it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I always find it, you know, like things we did in the wild and you're like, I don't need this anymore. Come on. I know, I know. <laughs> yeah. So there you go. There's an educational nugget. <laughs> Caroline, for, like if you heard me explaining this, we're like, that's not really what it is that really well it's the same with jobs you know it's so funny like you might things might go well like like lots of things could have been going quite well and then you don't get something and you're like oh my god my career is in tatters Mm -hmm. you know that's so yes 100 yeah and you're like oh yeah you could have had 10 brilliant things or yeah you're just like oh my god I'm so bad I'm useless and you might have like you know anyway yeah it's so funny it's hard to be us (laughs) (laughs) R.I.P. R.I.P. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What number shall we pick or shall you pick next? Let's go for 17. Number 17. Okay. Oh, this is um, a new question, which I've added oh. in. I'm trialing it out on you. <laughs> okay. Exciting. <laughs> had it come up. I've actually had it. I've done, I've done two interviews already, but it hasn't come up yet. But it's has social media ever failed you? Or we can kind of say, like, have you failed using it? Do you know, just kind of like the whole social media world. I I mean, I'm not alone in this. I hate social media. Like Do I you? find it tricky. Well, it just like, yeah, like the balance when I got Ridley and I kind of thought you know, I didn't know how big it was going to be. I didn't know if people were going to be looking at my Instagram or, mm. you know, just thinking about, it go, kind of goes back to that thing about me hating things that I have control of, like painting and music. Like you have so much control over your Instagram. Mm-hmm. And um, I was thinking about deleting it. And then someone was like, no, but you know, your part in Ridley is such a specific thing and it's totally not what you're like. It might be a good idea to keep it. It's that publicity side of acting is yeah. rubbish. Yeah. It's so not suited to 
the way so many actors are no it's it's really really hard yeah it's really hard and it's and then I've had people talk about this on the podcast about how now they're they've not gotten parts because they told were told they didn't have enough followers it's just crazy exactly and there's sort of that sort of thing really scares me because I guess I obviously don't want to limit myself in any way not that my like Instagram has any sort of following but like if I'm like, God, should I have an Instagram and build my phone? To be honest, I don't think I have the energy. Yeah. But I just, I just can't go well, there. Like, I think it. your work stands to you already. Do you know what I mean? Like you've already done like such an amazing show that you don't need. Well, I don't know. Obviously, I'm not a marketing expert. But <laughs> God, I just hate and something like that. Embarrassing things have happened where me and my flatmate were like sat on the sofa. I'm going to say for about four hours, you know, just one of those evenings where we were just sat there mm-hmm. and like getting sillier and sillier mood. And then I put something on my story being like, just being stupid and being like, don't binge watch Ridley Road. It's too intense. And like, we were just laughing and singing and stuff. And mm-hmm. my story, not really thinking about it. And then this like Agnes O'Casey News um, Instagram, I like screen recorded <laughs> on their thing and I was like oh god now and it was just a stupid story and like I'm it, it's embarrassing because it's as if I'm like talking to the fans which are just all my mates who follow me you know I'm just I like so Casey news there's a somebody made a page wow <laughs> it's got like 30 followers I love it so much it's mainly just my best mates and my dad follow it <laughs> no offense Agnes, so Casey I want to follow it <laughs> <laughs> it's so good <laughs> <laughs> it must be like what is my news <laughs> yeah well exactly I don't have any news yeah it's oh that's, yeah that is absolutely crazy do you find that you get into like when you use it are you somebody who gets addicted to like you know looking at stories all of that or are you quite disciplined oh no I'm on it all the time I've got one of those things on it you know where it has a timer I'm like okay I'm only allowed to look at Instagram an hour a day I'd say every day I go ignore for today same you know, like, same yeah oh it's it's the worst isn't it yeah we're just addicted I'm so addicted and it doesn't make me happy and I'm like okay I just really need to be disciplined about getting some habits in place so I'm just not on it anymore because it's such a waste of time such a waste yeah and I yeah it's then it's the what's the right what's the expression the no I can't think of it anyways yin and yang balance yeah it's like no because like you need it like even that's how I reached out to you is through Instagram and like loads of people that I've come on the podcast that's just the easiest way to get in touch with somebody so like it's been really handy for that and then I use it obviously if I have an episode coming out um so you're like I do need it but then I get sucked into it I have a friend who is um watermelon fitness I've actually talked about her on a recent episode but she um uses it for business and she she's so disciplined she doesn't get sucked in she was like trying to like tell me how she does it and she just she's like I just go on it I put up my like um personal training videos the stuff I need to put on for the day like I don't like dilly dally and then I'm off it I'm like how oh, it's just how? crazy discipline <laughs> how do you not get like so the rest of us mere mortals are just like I yeah. know looking at like more successful actors profiles like slowly feeling worse about myself yeah. like but but not being able to stop <laughs> yeah, I know. like I'll just make going to this pit of making myself feel bad but it doesn't even equate to anything do you know what I mean like it doesn't even matter like but we yeah we do we're just we've gotten way too sucked into that hole yeah well that's the thing I don't like about it is because yeah I go on Instagram and some things like make me feel bad and then if I'm I feel then I'm like okay so I should probably post about Ridley Road and then I'm like but who knows what this might be doing to someone else or like a glamorous photo shoot that I've like well, I've got like one or so but you know that I like <laughs> hair and like my life isn't glamorous but I look glamorous there like what that might that tell someone do you know mm. like, I feel like there's no way it's just this sort of world that we're just sort of sucked into and playing into and yeah you know it must be it must be a bit strange now that you're kind of on this borderline where like you know things are really taking off and now you are going to have that bit more of attention like even when I did I was looking you up to research for the podcast it was like uh is Agnes O'Casey married was one of the first first articles it was so weird crazy 
that was the first one where we were like oh this is getting really weird Not yeah and just like is she is she does she have like a boyfriend or girlfriend like it was like is she married like sorry I'm 25 guys yeah. <laughs> and then yeah and they were like we haven't figured out she has kids or not I'm like do I need to start wearing wrinkle cream like why are you asking these questions it's so, it was so specific yeah it was funny yeah. I was like, so you're not married in, no, inside no, no. scoop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no kids either. <laughs> right. What number would you like next? Um, uh, one. Number one. Okay. In dining, is an aperitif taken before or after a meal? All the fun ones are coming up for you. <laughs> you know this. Must be before, right? It is before. You're yeah. right. <laughs> No, it's funny you say the fun ones because when I was listening to the podcast, I was like, I can't do those questions because I was thinking like, I hate getting stuff wrong. And fe- I was like, oh, you're doing God. really well. Yeah, you've got. Yeah, you've got them. Yeah, you've got them. Well, right. I think I've got two out of three, maybe. Yeah, maybe. But no, also wait, the, other- the two of them. Yeah. And you've got them both right. I think that one, <laughs> the aperitif one was a bit easy because I actually asked my boyfriend, I was like, you know, what, what do you think of this question? And he's like, oh, that's a bit easy. And I was like, oh, well, I guess it, it's not really. I was like, I don't know what that is. <laughs> well, I don't know either. I just happen to know it because I've been a waitress for ages. <laughs> yes, yeah, 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 yeah. Were you waitressing while you were while you were studying as well? Or were you trying to do the two or did you kind of just... Yeah, I didn't do it for ages because I was like, I, <laughs> I was so naive. I was like, now I'm in drama school. I'm never being a waitress ever again. Uh-huh. Um, so- <laughs> stupid um and then me and my mate who was in my class Ella we worked in a burger van for about a year at the end of third year which was actually quite fun hard work mm-hmm. but because we could just play our own music and be there in Dundrum town centre yeah <laughs> what was it like actually um being from the UK and training in Ireland was there a lot of like you know focus on like Irish things and like oh like Irish accents and you know was it was it weird in any way or was it absolutely fine well I think um the part of it that was weird was it was very easy to have imposter syndrome because Mm -hmm. I was like especially I think that was part of why leaving was quite tricky because I was like where do I fit in yeah it does feel like Dublin at the time was like it felt really like my home and they're the industry links I have but then again these parts aren't really for me and if I get a part like am I taking away something from someone who's like from there genuinely you know like all of those things that that was something I struggled with like even oh no okay like I it was cancelled because of COVID but I was gonna play mini and shadow at the gate yeah oh that would have been amazing amazing. I was like this is a perfect first job but um (laughs) even then even when it's an okay I'm still like I felt pressure like oh god should I really be playing this or do you know like things like that if anyone's gonna play it it's you (laughs) (laughs) like Oh, like, now I'm looking back, I'm like, yeah, that was fine, you had every right. But, like, at the time, I was like, oh, God, this is terrifying. And working on my accent loads and stuff. But in terms of, I think it was good for me as an actor, because, like, I never did a play in my own accent. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you really had to, like, immerse. You know, like, I played the Nana in Sive, this, like, you know, 1950s Oh, Kerry. wow. So I was like, you know, like, you pushed. Yeah. <laughs> No. Well, I, I, think- I saw you in Blood Wedding and you had a Cork accent and that was amazing. I was, I, you know, because it, like I didn't, I didn't know that you weren't Irish, which That's is so relief. Like the whole way through drama school, I was like, because the fear when you're doing an accent like that, you're like, will people think I'm making fun? Like you you never, you don't, you have so many <laughs> yeah. Am I like pushing the boundary? People think I'm making fun of them or do I just sound English? You know, it's like, well, yeah. no. And right. is um is that play scheduled to come back, you know, now that it was cancelled or no? I don't think so. I've come to terms with that now. It broke my heart for a long yeah. time. But now I've kind of got, got over the breakup. Yeah, I mean, but, I suppose, yeah, theatre. And then Ireland, I mean, things are open at the moment, but I mean, they keep, the other day, nightclubs are now closing at 12. And then I think that's just going to be a slippery slope to more things closing again and again. It's like, oh, my God. I think so too yeah Yeah. it feels like it's coming doesn't it but hopefully it will be okay they've had no but over here it's just so different like every time I went home it's just so much stricter and then you're in London and you're like 
this is non-existent here now it's crazy like it's just wearing masks the other day I was in a shop and she was like you can take your mask off you're safe here and I was like what <laughs> like what if I wanted to wear make you feel uncomfortable take your mask off I was like oh no no I'll keep it on okay. <laughs> oh gosh very weird but yeah so do you think you'll stay living in London then you're not really going to relocate back to Ireland I do I to be honest I really miss Dublin and I would kind of like to go back um but for certain reasons I think I'll probably need to be here for a little bit mm-hmm. but I do myself going back every yeah. time I go back I'm like oh god I love it so much like oh. just being able to get on your bike and cycle to a mate's house is like yeah so vital and I do I just love Dublin and, and the people you go to drama school with end up being like siblings by the end exactly so a strange siblings for me because our last day we didn't know it was our last day you know but they were like we're gonna go home because COVID seems to be getting quite bad and we were all like okay see you in a bit oh did you have a graduation or anything no 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 I think we might have one in January but yeah yeah so I do I miss it loads and I, I go back all the time actually and I miss it so we'll see yeah yeah did you did you have to do so your showcase was all um screen acting then if it was yeah okay I was actually going to talk about this because um I was thinking like about lockdown failures oh yeah I'll just ask that question what was was your biggest lockdown failure (laughs) so we had to film our showcase and I picked like a really theatrical monologue Oh. It was um, the same, it was Lorca, the same person who wrote Blood Wedding, but House of Bernarda Alba. And it's like this monologue at the end and she's like super confident and like sexy. And I was like, I'm going to push myself. I'm going to make myself do this, you know, on when I was thinking it was going to be on a theatre stage. And, you know, like self-tapes, it's so intimate. You could like, I it know. just didn't suit it at all. And I was looking at a point on the wall and like focusing it myself. I think I did about a hundred takes. And there's one hilarious, well, I think it's hilarious. Some people think it's really sad. So like <laughs> it, it shows like the type of friends you have if they like laugh or they're like, oh no, Aggie, that's so bad. Because <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I've done so many. And I'm like, I think the last line was something like, you know, he'll never choose you. He'll come to me. You can bring a stallion to its knees. And I, <laughs> I just burst out. I'm like, just break down. I'm like, but to me, and I try and keep going. I'm like, we'll bring a stallion to its knees. <laughs> so, so pathetic. I, kept, I just think it's so funny. It's such an encapsulation of that time. We were all like FaceTime each other in floods of tears. Like, I can't do another take. I can't do it. <laughs> I think we have time for one last question. What number would you like to end the podcast? Oh, Is there something that you want to ask or should I pick? Oh, okay. Okay. Do you believe everything happens for a reason? I don't know. I used to, but, and, and like, I do think some things do align and it's like, God, that really felt like it happened for a reason. Mm-hmm. But I just think I so desperately want to see some structure in my life. Okay. And I like seek for those, you know, things. I'm like, oh yeah, that was a pattern. And, you know, just, just so I can feel like I can cling to something. But then I feel like just as life's gone on and like tricky things have happened, I'm like, do you know what? I don't think that happened for a reason. I think that that's just something mm. that I had to deal with and still do. And sometimes I think that that the everything for a happen that thinking helps loads for me sometimes you know yeah I think what you said there is like very yeah I, I'm like yes it's it's something to cling to I, that's actually great that's, that's, that's like a moment for me I'm like yeah I don't know how I feel about everything happens for a reason but I think sometimes yeah I like it to to be like oh yeah but you know if I hadn't <laughs> went through that terrible experience you know this wouldn't have happened and you know you kind of just use it as a way to balance it out maybe mm. yeah well I think that's how I use it like if I need it I use it like if I don't get a job which happens all the time obviously I'm like maybe there's a reason and oftentimes there is a reason mm-hmm. um, you know if I need the thinking but then sometimes I think I was using it to punish myself I was like 
no, everything happens for a reason. So, you know, like this awful thing that's happened, like I'm sure I was even thinking like, this is a lesson I should learn or something, you know, I was yeah. thinking, maybe this is something that the universe is giving me. I need to learn this lesson. And then I was actually thinking like, I think that's actually just really harmful thinking. I, I didn't deserve for that to happen. And um, loads of people go through life and don't experience that. So do you know what? You know, it, it just depends. I sort of pick it up when I need it. Mm. Yeah. And then, yeah, it's like if you're punishing yourself with it, like, oh, well, this has happened to me because I have to learn from it or maybe I've done something bad. But then it's also equally damaging if you're like, I've been such a good person and I've worked so hard and this hasn't happened to me. You know, it's equally yeah, damaging on both sides. All of that sort of like thinking about, you know, like, uh, you know, you get what you put out and stuff. I know so many amazing people who deserve amazing jobs and amazing mm-hmm. you know they just don't like I just feel like especially with acting like it's just not there is no rhyme or reason no and, there's none if anyone and, like learns anything like quickly if they're training or whatever it's like there's just no rhyme or reason there isn't no and it's no like factor in who you are or what it is it's just how the chips fall down or what you know so I think mm. yeah 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 well I'm oh, sorry <laughs> I just ramble you need to I'm just you know I don't even know what I was gonna, I was say, gonna say we'll end it there and then <laughs> really bad because you're actually about to say something no. <laughs> let's end it there that would have been a perfect way to end it ending <laughs> on a fail which I love <laughs> perfect I've had oh. a ball thank you so much thank you that was great fun thank you for listening to this episode of fail harder I really hope you enjoyed it If you like the podcast, it would be so helpful if you could subscribe to it, rate and review it, share it on social media or with a friend. One or all of these things is so appreciated. Thank you. This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com.